For anyone that's listening, that is me and Harry derobing. <laughs> uh, I'll take off my chaps. <laughs> Guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Startup Diary. Now, if you haven't listened to yesterday's show, you need to make sure you go back and listen to it. Context. Get the context of what we're talking about today. Yesterday's show was a audio clip submitted by one of our listeners, Dan, who's in the process of building his own business. So go and listen to that, and it might even help if you're new to the podcast. Go and listen to some licking. Go and listen to some previous shows <laughs> um, and get, get an idea for what Dan is building. Uh, today is addressing the first question that Dan submitted in as part of his audio clip with an update for the British Bearded Baby, or should I say the Great British Bearded Baby? No, I shouldn't. We should keep, keep it as the British Bearded Baby because that's a trading name and it'll all make sense if you listen to yesterday's show. Harry, we're talking about pitch or passion. Now, I've got some notes on this one. Yeah, so this uh, stemmed from uh, his previous... <clears throat> so he sent a previous audio message in uh, and your trying to think what remember what your advice was it was uh because we said to reach out to um people with a bit of a following yep try and get them to get behind your product and things like that uh but he said he was kind of he wasn't sure on his delivery of that message that he's trying to get to these guys and it might be well he said it was basically not working um or he just felt it was falling a bit flat when he was pitching his product uh so i guess that's kind of he wants to know where we stand on. Does he do a full-on sales pitch, or does he get just? Does he focus more on the passion side of his yep. uh, his product? So one of the bits of advice that we gave Dan is he, previously we said you can't go into everyone with the same pitch. If he's mm-hmm. leading with a pitch, you can't go into everyone with that because if he's trying to deal with influencers, there's people at different stages. Uh, so we've got people with sub 500 followers that have a super engaged community and we've got people with 100,000 followers that just want some cash to post something on Instagram mm-hmm. and how you communicate to those people should be different. But I think as an overarching thing, um, it was really interesting because Dan actually uh, considered himself as an average seller. Uh, so he says, listen, I've done sales in the past. Um, I've never been like groundbreaking, record-breaking with the numbers. I've always hit my target or, or around there. Yeah. Um, but then he addresses the fact that he's, he's had no cancellations. So we call that churn. So, uh, for example, if, if you signed up a thousand office package customers for expert yep. trades, that is great. Monthly recurring revenue, fantastic. But if they're 90% of those churn, then you've obviously just gone and missold the product, uh, which means you've got real bad customers for the business. It shows that by Dan having no churn, then he's obviously doing loads of validation with customers mm-hmm. and he's a real customer facing person. He really understands the pain and problems, only sells it to people that they need it, which in a salesman means it's perfect. Because he's only selling stuff that he believes in. And now he's doing it for his own business. That should mean that his level of passion and his ability to pitch it is exponential, Harry, just to <laughs> use it. the buzzword that Love we like. Um, just to throw some, and we'll try and keep this as a, a short show, um, but just to show... Uh, my my line of thinking around this it's how you pitch your business changes over time um, because at the at the beginning uh, you've got you've got no business and you've just got an idea and probably the first person that Dan had to pitch uh, was his partner as in like I want to start this thing and that that believe it or not that's probably one of the hardest hardest things but he's already got his partner to believe in him enough and this idea that she goes actually yeah believe in you uh, if you want to do this full time work up to it leave your job, do this full time. Great. Uh, next stage of that is 
you've got a business with no customers. So sort of where he is at the moment, he's got a business, no customers, not transacting, but he's built a bit of a community. So it feels at the moment the people he's going to be going to speak into are people that should stock the product. A hundred percent, he should lead in with passion. So mm-hmm. we're talking about pitch or passion. He should go in with passion because he's got no track record. He's got he's got no sales data. He can't walk in and say, "Listen, if you put my product on the shelf, I know because of my community, yeah. I generate the demand. You stick it on the shelf, I'm going to make sure it flies off the shelf, and you'll be ordering from me again in a week because I've got the data to prove it. Look at my graph." Like that sort of thing. <laughs> Look at the size of my there, Up into the right. There you go. Um, but because he hasn't got those data points, he can't go in with a, with a cold sales pitch. I also think because it's his business, the founder should always lead with passion because he's, he's trying to change a bloody industry. Yeah. Okay? He's trying to make people think differently about his product. And you need to take it f- like to the, to the part of the brain that goes, I believe in this guy not I can make money from this. I can make an extra 5%. If it goes into that, then the conversation is very different. The thing is that shows about the venue is the guy isn't even worried about taking money out of Dan's pocket. The guy's like, listen, uh, something happened with the community, got an introduction, feel bad for you. Uh, you got let down by someone else. I just want to help you. And that emotional, that, what's really interesting is someone else has pitched Dan's business on, on his behalf from the sound of it. Like this guy's been let down. He's starting this new business. You need that emotional connection yeah. with your first customers. Um, and that's where I've written down to do things that don't scale. So find two, three, five, six, seven, ten customers, whatever it is, and then just go over and above for them. Talk about them on social. Build their social following for them. <clears throat> Excuse me. Dan's obviously got some chops in Instagram now. If he's dealing with a barber shop that has no Instagram account, go in and say, listen, um, I could probably really help get you some Instagram followers because I've got this following. You stop my product, let me help. Go and sit with the owner for an hour, teach him how to use Instagram. Just do that. Just get those 10 customers on board and then deliver results, as in make sure the product shifts. And there's loads of stories about, uh, I can't remember the, there's a, there's a, I think it's called Spanx, which is a female. Um, have you heard of Spanx? Are they like the, uh, are they designed to hold everything in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, you, yeah. can, you can get male spanks as well. Oh, can you? Cool. I probably need them. I'm putting on a bit of timber. Um, it's not helpful with all the breakfast that I'm eating. Not pretty after you've derobed as well. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this, there's this product called spanks, and it's an interesting one because uh, the lady that invented it got it as a, te- as a test on some, um, one of the big chains in America. They said, okay, we'll stock it. We'll see if people buy it. Do you know what she did? She got it into four shops, and then she got all her friends and family to go and buy it. What, in each shop? Yeah. Just buy it all. <laughs> Just go in, buy it. Because what that's doing is it's generating a bit of a demand. It's showing the store owner that I've stocked it. Hold on, I've got no stock. I need to reorder. And it's giving them confidence. And it, it's a, it, don't get me wrong. It's a tactic. One, these people are going to be thinking there's more demand than there actually is. But it gives him some time to actually build up the demand mm. without losing the confidence of those stockers. I 100% think that... Potentially not doing that, but something to make sure that that goes off the shelf so your first 10 customers are super happy with you. He needs to think about making sure that he gets 10 amazing testimonials because then he goes into larger chains or larger deals with data and testimonials and five locations where they reorder every single month or three months, whatever the the order units are, and then he can close the bigger deals. So to get to my answer and jump in whenever you want, it's start with passion. And then build up 
a rabid customer base of people that love you, as in the suppliers that mm-hmm. stock the product, and then you can move it into pitch. Yeah, like it's, it's funny how that goes back to uh, when we were talking about focus groups. Mm-hmm. It's that the, the scenario is you want you want some uh, diehard brand advocates to justify the product on the shelf. Yep, it's just it's key. Um, but you can do that with social media now. The following that you can build up as soon as your product's on the shelf, because I'm sure he's already. I'm pretty sure he even mentioned it before that people are asking, "Where can I get this stuff?" Like the same, great, with the, great, same with yeah. the swag as well. Obviously, he's got his beard oils and all that jazz. Um, but if you can also pick up a flat peak as well while you're there, people want garments. I hope. All the time. I, I hope that where, wherever his venue is, that when people rock up, they can buy that swag on the day. Like he should definitely 100% do that. Um, but that's Dan. I know you're listening. So that's where I'm at. It's leading with passion. Uh, one, you've got a sales track record and you've got no churn. That just shows to me that you can go in and understand people's problems. It feels to me, though, that there is a risk that you that you are too sensitive with the right client compared to just getting a deal done. And at the end of the day, cash is blood in the business. Mm. Um, so I made a note that you said you're an average seller with no churn. You need to make sure that when you can sense a deal that you're not being too customer centric and sometimes you just go for the close. You need to make sure that you've got some early customers and you can validate it. Because once they've made a commitment, <clears throat> I promise you, you're going to learn a thousand and one things about how to shift this product. You're going to build your following up. That community, you could then direct to any store in the UK, your online presence, whatever it is. So you need to make sure that you close some deals without worrying too much. Care a lot, but don't lose deals because of it. Is there, is there anywhere that could negatively affect um, like, obviously he's going to yeah, be targeting the right, kind of, the right kind of places but is there anywhere that could be is there any business that could be bad business for him I don't think there's any business that could be bad business I think he just needs to be really clear with anyone that stocks the product that they don't bastardise the price Okay. Um, because I'm presuming that there's a reasonable margin in these products because and when people say, oh, there's loads of margin, you should charge less. No, you shouldn't. It just allows Dan to have some money in the budget to actually market the damn thing and get it in front of more people. But the people that are stuck on the shelves are probably going to make a nice little bit of margin. What you need to make sure is they don't run flash sales and discount it and kill the price online because what you don't want is that, that product appearing online cheaper than your own website. Um, and it's, an, it's a problem that we see a lot in, the in, in our industry. Definitely, yeah. um, and what I don't want Dan to do is be in a situation where his stockists are actually in control like he needs to be the one in control. He dictates the price. He dictates the recommended selling price. He dictates who stocks it and where they sell. Um, and that's the only point where I'd probably turn down a deal. If they are, if they want to basically have free reign on price, use it as a loss leader, all that crap. None of that. It's a premium product. It's made of good stuff. He needs to make sure that it's valuable in the market, perception-wise more than anything. If a Google search, search takes place and it's a bastardized price, he's going to run into loads of problems down the line. Yeah, everyone, everyone shops online as well. So. Exactly. Um, anything else? No. Uh, we've got a few. We've got next episode. Next episode is an interesting one. So for me, uh, going back to Dan's questions, it was pitch your passion and then building an email list. Um, so I just wanted to talk through. It will be a super short show because more than anything about showing people a case study about how Harry's uh, built an email list. I think it was something like a hundred thousand emails. It's not in. me, by the way. It's not you. Yeah, you wouldn't be uh, sat opposite me <laughs> if, if you had built a list of a hundred thousand people in seven days. I promise you that it would be you answering tomorrow's question. Uh, just before we go, what's what's your thoughts on the fact that he had to get trading name, 
proper company name and the, the difference. And yeah, it, I, know, it, I know you we've got a different uh company name to trading name, yeah, cool. Yeah, uh, I think it's just a technicality, it won't ever affect his business. I but, can't believe how close it is to what he wanted, yeah. That that seems absurd to me. Like he like he said, it, it's basically the same thing. I, I think people get hung up a lot on names. Um, for me, I'm just glad that he's found something extremely close. Mm. And worst case scenario, if you look at our company name, it's I need an expert because I couldn't afford expert trades back in the day. But it's where I need SEO though. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, it was actually really funny because I was in a meeting with uh, getting a mortgage the other day and he was like what's the company name uh, and I'd gone through all this stuff regarding the mortgage application and stuff and he'd obviously understood that I'd just completely bolstered things up in the past and I went I need an expert he went no true word said <laughs> <laughs> and just carried on you don't have to find a mortgage advisor with a sense of humour so Andy Renshaw at Renshaw has given you a plug for the UK if you need a mortgage speak to Andy he has been a lifesaver but outside of that mate nothing else so sorry, I need an expert. Our trading name is Expert Trades yeah. because I can now afford it, and we bought the domain. Anything else? No way. <laughs> uh, see you in tomorrow's show for all about building an email list and some more mortgage advice. <laughs>